Welcome to the mikvah.org podcast. The mikvah organization has been dedicated to the education and resources for Jewish family life since 1975-5735. You can support our vital work at mikvah.org forward slash donate. Thank you for your support and enjoy today's recording. Okay, good morning. Welcome everyone to our first Hakel um, Kala teacher gathering of the year. We are um, we have with us today Mrs. Ruthie Sperlin, Mrs. Ruvena Gradnitsky, and Mrs. Rachel Benchimol. So welcome everyone. So glad you're able to make the time to do this um, for everybody. For everybody will gain from this, getting um, to know the college teachers, getting to know their style, and Mr. Shem, it should be very helpful. Okay, so I just want to start off wishing um, for Shalima for Chavakata Basan Yachasya. Amen. Good news, and um, it should be good news for everyone. Okay, I think we will go ahead and start the interview. Um, so, um, please tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, I guess we will start with um, Rachel. I see you on the screen right next to me, so you can go ahead first. So, hi, my name is Rachel Ben Shimol. I'm a shlucha in Manhattan, Upper East Side for the last, uh, I'm starting my 30th year this year, so it's very exciting. And I'm originally from South America. Okay. Ruvena, go ahead. Hi. Um, I'm on Shlichas in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We're in 13th year, and we work with grad students, young professionals, and the general community of those that are in their 20s, 30s, like that. Very nice. Okay. Ruthie. Hey. Um, okay. Ruthie Sperlin here. I am a Crown Heights resident for many, many years, over 30, 35, I think even. I am... Um, um, I'm not, I have, I have many, many of your people, all of you from your Chabad houses have sometimes are by me Friday night. We love having people. So we call ourselves our Chabad house in Crown Heights. Um, I'm, uh, I've been a college teacher now for five years, almost, almost five years. Um, greatest thing I ever did for my life. I was a teacher before that, but this is, uh, I think this is what I, uh, what, what, what I was really, really, what I love doing, what I love doing every day. And um, yeah, I'm happy I started and yeah. So we'll go right into the next question with you, Ruthie. What motiva- motivated you to become a Tarsa Mishpacha instructor? So believe it or not, it was, um, it was my kids and my sister. There was an ad on, I think, COL. And I don't really go, I'm not on like social media, even COL at all. And um, my kids were like, Ma, you have to do this. This would be great for you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, I'm busy. Uh, I don't think well, so. Well, you saw an ad for the Kala teachers. Yeah, the first, 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 okay. the first one. The first wow. teacher training chat. Five uh, years ago. And um, then my sister, I called my sister. I was like, should I? She's like, for sure, you should do it. Um, and, and, and they were just like, they were all really pushing me because I was like, I had no, I wasn't looking for anything. It kind of, they were like, Ma, you should do this, you know? And, um, and I did it. That intense year was an intense year. We worked hard. We and it was worth it. It was, like I said, it's um, it's launched me into a bunch of other things in my life. So, I guess I guess like I say, you find you want something done, ask a busy person. So it's this and a bunch of other things now because of it. So it's great. I love it. It's very rewarding. I guess oh my goodness! Touch with the cows after, it's, and it's you're not, helping it's, them. It's, with- 
that's, I think, I mean, it's, it's everything. It's being able to, first of all, it's being able to learn, you know, you get to a place like where I was, was in my life and I was busy and I wasn't really, you know, and I actually sat down and learned. And then one thing leads to another, you know, you want to find out a little bit more about something that might not have nothing to do with college teaching. You know, I ended up teaching a, a class in Beis Rivka, you know, for 10th graders on Yichud, which had that, you know, like everything kind of, it's kind of morphed into this new place where I am and I, and I love it and I love it. So, so what made it, what motivated you, Ravena, to become a college teacher instructor? Okay, well, when we, when we first, uh, when we first started our Chabad house, this is just sort of part of the thing that comes up. If there's someone in your community that needs, that it's getting married, you have to figure out how to teach them. And this had come up over the years and I always felt um, like, I wish I had the opportunity to learn more. And when I heard about the college teacher training course, I just had an incredible opportunity to enhance my own learning and to take it to the next level. And it really has done that. I feel so much more confident now when young women and young couples come up and want to learn. And I feel that I'm really so much more equipped now to give them the full picture, to really give them everything that they need. And answer all their questions. <laughs> answer all their questions with confidence, help direct them to whatever resources they might need. So I was mm. teaching long, but it's really taken on a whole new level, a much deeper level. And I just feel so much more confident myself. Well, and uh, Rachel, let's hear from you. So I came, uh, I got married very young and I moved into Manhattan right away. Same week that we got married. So my oh. husband was already... <laughs> The rabbi of the shul. It was a different uh, perspective. We worked for a Sephardic synagogue in the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And uh, the first thing I was asked to do was to teach kalas. And I remember being like 22. I had just taken like, my kala classes. And I remember teaching the women in the community. So in the beginning, it just kind of is what was brought up to me. But then on time, now that I have taken those first women's children to the mikveh, right? Like a whole generation has gone mm -hmm. by. Uh, it's something that is, I feel is like what I do the most. Like, yes, I teach classes. I do all these different things, but color teaching is like the most rewarding that has happened. And I like to share a personal story that I had three kids very close in age. I had three kids under two at one point when I was newly married and under three. A few years into my, my uh, you know, being in Shlechas, I realized that I couldn't give up all the nights, you know, to teach colors because most of these women worked. And I remember going to my mishpi and saying, you know, I, I, I don't think I could keep up with this. Like I have a young family and every other night I'm out, I don't know how to do it. I think I need to give it up for a while. And my mishpi at the time asked me, how many people have you taught? And because we send a letter from the community to the rabbi that the girl took color classes, like we had a list. I remember at the time it was like 60 women. And he said, what's the average of these women? Like how many, how many children does the women have? And I said, well, usually, I don't know, between two and four. So he said, okay, let's do three. So it means two, you have by now uh, 180 children, Jewish neshamas that are coming from me. But yes, I think you should stop. And that was a very clear message for me that I couldn't stop. And I can't tell you how these girls become, when you see what you're doing that is affecting the life of a whole generation, Anything else you could do is come secondary. So for me, color teaching is like the most important thing. And I want to take a minute to really thank Hasi and Mrs. Morisov and everybody at mikveh.org 
because I finished after a long year and a half of learning the, the Kalatich training and it's like, I feel like I'm almost a different person. So it's very inspiring, you know, wow. what you could do just by teaching Kalas. Well, so this takes me into the next question. What kind of clients do you service? What type of girls are you teaching? Women. So generally it was mainly Sephardic community because Sephardic community because that's what I, you know, that's where I work. And then on time with time has been Ashkenaz. And now it's interesting because for the last year I have seen a trend of a lot of young uh, religious girls, either from the five towns or just from girls that are coming to me. I work at Manhattan High for girls, which is a high school, a from school right here on the Upper East Side. So I get a lot of colors through the school as well. So mostly from, you're teaching from girls. Not really. I do not really, no. like completely not religious. Types. Like two weeks before a wedding, I'm getting married. I don't know how to immerse. Um, to like really very um, orthodox young girls. Oh, okay. And Ruthie, what um, which girls do you um, specific types? Believe it or not, I in Crown Heights, but I'm in Crown Heights, but I've taught I, across the spectrum. I have girls uh-huh. that are, you know, 19 and you know, fresh out of seminary or just, and then I have girls that are. Um, still on their journey, still on their path, um, back to, you know, hopefully Torah mitzvahs. And, and I've taught girls that are, you know, married before, and I've taught women that are in their thirties and I've taught, well, and the truth is I actually like it. I, I love it so much because when people call me, they're like, tell me, tell me what you teach and tell me how you teach. And I, I tell them, I said, to be honest with you, there's very little difference in what I say from the 19 year old to the 35 year old in the sense right, of right. My, my passion and my love, like I'm not going to assume that you don't wanna know something. I'm gonna assume that you that you wanna know it. And, and if it's something that's, you know, down the road, it's something that you feel that you, that you um, can take on, at least I gave you the knowledge and I gave you the information. I'm not gonna shortchange you. You kind of have to have that responsibility to make sure. That I, I, yeah, like people their are choice like, oh, what's going to happen later. But I, I remember talking to a college teacher in California, and it was my first time that I was teaching someone who was not really um, so observant. And I was like, "What do you teach?" And she's like, "I teach them everything." And I was like, "What do you mean?" And she sent me like I have like ten voice notes from her because she does this all the time. And she's like, "I'm not going to not give them the knowledge. I'm not going to not let them know." And um, and like like she said like. Um, Rachel said, like, you never know, like, how many Nishamas are, are because of what we're doing. And I think that that's the most amazing part about this. And especially my favorite thing is when they come back to me after, when they come back to me after and they call me and, 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 and they have someone to reach out to, you know, I, I just met someone's, I was at a wedding and I just met someone's mother and she's like, and her daughter, her daughter just had a baby and she had a question and, she, and she, her mother's like, I don't know the answer. She's like, don't worry, I'll call with you. It's fine. You know, it was nice. <laughs> it was nice. It was just, you know, they don't all very good. Okay, and Rovena, what uh, who do you service? Um, I mainly service the young the couples and community. So it could be grad students, um, usually mainly people that are on their spiritual journey, figuring out where they want to be Jewishly. Some modern Orthodox as well, and that's mainly it. Yeah, so you're teaching mostly non-religious. So yeah, um, have to cut. I mean, I guess the, the curriculum, so to speak, is kind of different. Um, you know what? It, it's you been know. really that when the girls see how excited I am about it and how inspired I am, like you were saying, they feel that way too. And a lot of them, even though they might start off thinking that they only want the crash course, they want to hear more and end up getting the whole full, uh, full curriculum. 
Okay. Um, so, Ravina, how do your clients inspire you? Do you have any story to share? Sure. Um, I was I was thinking about this and. I really am inspired by the Kalas who come at this mitzvah with such excitement when they're hearing about it for the first time and that they're even willing to go for it when their families or their might think it's weird or that they really disapprove of it. And my favorite story that I wanted to share is of two women who I taught about two years apart from one another. And they were both on their own growing journey in their journey. And both, again, this was about two years apart, they were individually inspired by the class that we had on hair covering, um, all the learning about why women cover their hairs before, uh, after they're married. And this wasn't really something that either of them had considered doing at all. Maybe they would wear a headband or something like that. This just wasn't really on the table for them, but they were very taken by this hair covering concept. And the first Kala ended up on a whim acquiring a secondhand shaitel. And she started wearing it on Shabbos and she really just grew in her attachment to this mitzvah. And she really took it on to the point where now she covers her hair all the time. Wow. And beautiful part of this story is that when she was ready to buy herself a new high-end personalized shaitel for herself, she ended up passing on her original shaitel to the second Kala who now covers her hair fully too. And I just beautiful. love that That's when beautiful. people fire each other. So, so beautiful to see. Well, does anyone else want to share a beautiful story or how their colors inspire them? So um, I like to just share, I was thinking also a lot about it because, you know, in 30 years you have seen so many things, but there were two themes I think that is important for me to share. One is that we always, I, in my opinion, I have, from my experience, I guess we have, have seen that I don't, I, I give them everything. I teach everything. And I always say, I'm mean, going to tell you a lot of things that might not be ready for you. That might sound interesting, but just at least, you know, what is there? And then you could always grow into it. So one is that one of the first colors that I taught uh, was an Israeli girl who came and she just needed a teuda for the Rabbanut in Israel. And she literally walked through the door and she said, I'll give you 30 minutes. And I was like, great. And now what I do, right? What can you possibly teach in 30 minutes? So I remember uh, telling her, okay, I'm going to just give you like uh, the reason why we do mikveh. And I want to show you a video about the mikveh. Uh, but I, I'm telling you right now that 30 minutes will not cover six, seven hours. And she said, um, she said, okay, I'll stay for the 30 minutes. And then she says, can I hear more? And she went, can I hear more? Can I hear more? Can I hear more? And she literally finished everything. And then I lost track of her because she moved. And then about 20 ways, uh, blocks from my house, there's like a shopping area. And a year later, maybe I was walking by and I saw her, she was really pregnant. And she said, Rachel, this is a mikveh baby. And it happened three wow. times over like six years. So like not to be afraid to really share because we're here only to share. And the second story with that, and then I'd like to share one more quick, quick story is that I always tell the Kalas in our community, everybody thinks that you could go just with your, you know, your nails when it says the wrap or the tips, whatever it is that they do, the gel, I don't know. So they always say, okay, so I could do it. And I said, listen, can you, I'm sure we could find a hatter, but you want the truth? And I always tell them, look, you go into a wedding, you like, you want everything perfect. You want everything beautiful. You know, maybe for the wedding, maybe when you're gonna have a baby. And it's interesting how these Kalas really come later, like, 
Well, you know, I took it off for the wedding. I took, you know, like it's something small detail that really stays with them. And the story that I really want to share, which was through the pandemic, which for me was incredible, is that I, we had a rabbi in our community who moved to Dubai and became the main rabbi in Dubai. And I got many, many galas through him. So he was doing the first wedding in Dubai through the pandemic. And he called me, Rahel, can you prepare the girl? The wedding is in about two weeks. And it doesn't give me a lot of time, but the catch here was that the Kala was living in Switzerland. So I said, sure, I'll, I'll take it on, I'll, I'll do it. So we were, you know, different time zones and the Kala was just taking everything in, like it was incredible experience. And then it came the date for her to do Hefzaktara. So, you know, I'm in New York, he's in Dubai, she's in Switzerland. So I remember like we were learning like in off times because I have to be in her time zone. And uh, I literally emailed every shliach in Switzerland, who is near this place? Can anybody, every shlucha, of course, ca can anybody get bedika cloth for her? She's flying tomorrow. Oh. To the and she literally got the bedika cloth. She was in the airport when she called me doing Hefzaktar. Like it was such an incredible story. But mm -hmm. the punchline from everything is that during the pandemic, I had a very good friend who lived in New York and moved to Israel. She was stuck in Dubai for five weeks. They couldn't fly. Dubai being like the only place that accepted like all passports through the pandemic. And she was like very, you know, she was struggling. Like why is she in Israel? Like her kids are in Israel. She was supposed to go only for a vacation. And I heard from a third friend that she was in Israel, in uh, sorry, in Dubai. And now this girl is going to Dubai and where am I going to send her to a mikveh? Right, there was, uh, it was like literally difficult. So I called this girl, I'm like, hi, I heard you're in Dubai. She's like, I don't know what to do. I say, I know what, what you're going to do because I know she keeps mikveh do you know where is there a mikveh in Dubai? And she says, I will tell you exactly. Chabad has a place and it's not a mikveh, it's in the ocean. And I had the Kala send me a picture that morning from the, like she went during the day, she arranged to go in the mikveh in Dubai through Chabad. But, you know, take him, like she sent me the picture, I'm going into the mikveh of the, you know, the waterfront property that they have. So it's like a lot of times we're embarking this journey and we just don't know. We don't know, but we need to know that Hashem is putting the right words and Hashem is putting everybody the right age. Like how this whole thing happened in two weeks, I just, it's beyond me. You know, it's not something, it's not about me or what I'm teaching, but it's really about understanding that you really are linked into something much greater. And you know, you have Besiata Ismaya, like Hashem is always there helping you. That's incredible. Wow, yeah. these stories are inspiring to me. Wow, anyone else has anything else to share? If you have like any specialty story to share, inspiration. I think I think what inspires me about about these girls, regardless, is like they said, like just their most of them, just their enthusiasm to to keep them. It's fun to do things right, and and then and then not to and then when they call you panicked, and I'm like, don't panic, it's gonna be fine. Take a deep breath, because um, you get that a lot. Um, even like after, like when I do my post class in a class, and they sit down and we go through, you know, the Friedrich Rebbe's tips for um, for life, for married life, and. And just how they, you know, just like little solemn bias things. And, you know, I'll never forget, I had this one, we were talking about how the Friedrich Rebbe says how a marriage needs verstand and a marriage needs understanding. And I had this one girl who was like, like, like sometimes they're little, you know, and they have like these moments where like, and she's, and she's like, you know, I never realized. Um, she's basically, she was telling me how she's the only girl in her family and she's the youngest after six boys. 
And she's telling me, I didn't realize that I was like, I, I, I did what I had to do in my house, but no one ever asked me to do anything. And like, she goes, now I'm in this marriage and I have to do, you know, it's not always just about Tahar's Mishpacha. It's also just about like someone to bounce things off of. And she's like, do you have any tips for me and what I can do? And, you know, cause her husband, she realized on her own, which I thought was fantastic. And it was like through this Friedrich Rebbe's letter, we were talking about it, that she was able to like really see, okay, I see what you mean. I have to work on myself. I just thought it was, I'm just fascinated by, by, by these, by how they, um, you know, they're good. They're, they're a lot of the girls that were teaching are an era of, of, they have great communication. I think better communication than my generation. Um, they, they, and, and I, and it works in their advantage, I think ultimately in the end. And I, I just, I love, I love when they walk in my door with their notebooks and their pens and they're just all ready to just take it all in. I, I, I think it's fantastic and I don't take it and I don't take it for granted. And I know that every single one of them is, is there, is an individual, you know, and you want to really tap into them and try to really, you know, find what they, what they need. Do you have a vision for the future of Tarsa Mishpacha? Of any sort that you I have a vision. What's your vision? <laughs> for myself, for myself, I, I my vision is I should keep learning. You know, sometimes you know you could teach and teach and teach and teach because and then like, whoa, I need to take a minute, take a breath and learn more about something, you know. Like we have a chat with the college teachers, and sometimes there's conversations on there that are like, whoa, wait a minute, I didn't even know that. Right. And I'm like, how did I not know that? I just did this for a year learning all of this. And sometimes I even say to myself, okay, Ruthie, take just take one month's break, you know, and just like recharge and like relearn and I don't have that month you know so I know like that word did like sign um sign um what was it yeah, which was fantastic I still have I said I'm still waiting to listen to the last two that I that I signed up for just I, I think my vision for myself is that I should keep growing that I should do more and like I said take it outside of Taras Mishbach and do other things as well and 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 I guess my vision for for is that we should keep training a bunch of you know really good teachers and um, because this is what we ultimately want. We want to bring everybody in to just learn, to know more so that they could really, like she said, a link in a chain. We are all link in a chain. We want that chain to just be strong. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Rachel, what's your vision for the future? So, <laughs> so first of all, I agree about the learning and I hear you about like taking a month off. I always say, okay, next summer I'm going to take off and I'm just going to, and it just doesn't happen because thank God we have a lot of, uh, you know, we have a lot of things to do and a lot of people to impact. But for me personally, I think it's about making Mikve not like very accessible. It's almost like Mikve 101 for everybody else because I live in a non-from community. I think a lot of people say like, okay, I'll do it for my wedding. Like, you know, I get flowers for my wedding and I get, you know, like a checklist, right? Check, check, check. And I think it's bringing the idea that is there's so much more to Mikve and that it's not such a hard mitzvah. Um, I think that although I do teach everything and I, my first two classes are pure hashkafa, like why are you even doing a mitzvah to begin with before I even looked at the mikveh? Because I think once they understand the purpose, then teaching mikveh is not so hard. But I think that for a lot of secular kalas, it's like a little, almost like a commitment that they don't want to do because it seems to be a lot. So I think making it into very easy to digest, like very easy, like you know, so okay, but we could just do this and this, and then we could. Well, we'll ask a question. Left. I have a question for you. How do they know to come to you? Are they being sent to you because they're forced to, or, or because they want to? So, a lot of in the beginning was a lot of like different rabbis in the community because 30 years ago I was like one of the few people who taught. So that's like how it started. But now it's like really word of mouth. Like I don't advertise anything, but like I always have a kala. Like I have a kala now who just texted me yesterday. 
that I told somebody like 10 years ago, she already has four kids and she's like, oh, you're getting married, you know, call Rachel Ben Shimon. So it's really word of mouth. But I think also like the approach is like, for me, like I literally spend so much time in Hashkafa. And then I say, look, if you just want to read the laws of Mikri, I could give you a book. You could just do that on your own. But right. to really put into the girls, like, what is it that you're doing? How you're, you're dipping in a mikveh, or you even doing any other mitzvah? Is life transforming? Is where your whole life, your existence, your children depend on? That's, I think, like, for me, like, the most important part. Of course, I go through all the alachot, and I have this beautiful PowerPoint presentation that I, I go one by one. I make it very, like, visual, easy for them to follow. But I think that is what the world needs really the most now. I think we need purity and, and you know, how else can we accomplish it? We're living in a very distracted world where, you know, social media has created values that are really not dependent. So how do you change that? And I think the only way is to make it as exciting and as, uh, you know, visually and like, like they almost like they want it. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. for me personally, I think that's the journey I'm in. And I tell you, I, I teach, I do so many things. I teach in the school. I, but teaching Kalas has a special place where I think it's like the source of everything else that I do. Uh, Rubena, do you see anything? Um, do you see a future for Tarsa Mishpacha? Anything else you want to share? Sure. I've, I've, similar to, of course, what both of, both of you said, but I'm also thinking just a vision of having more and more couples to be able to feel and really embrace how folk and really tuned into modern sensibilities that this mitzvah really is and for couples to appreciate how even the smallest details of the mitzvah are truly designed in hands and really strengthen the connection between a husband and wife. And I just want to bless all of us that we should continue to see more and more couples embrace this mitzvah in their own way and that we as Kala teachers can be able to show every couple that they really and make this mitzvah a part of their lives. Mikvah is literally for every Jewish couple. I mean, I mean. That's actually yeah. funny because I had a girl, a girl that I was teaching who's not yet observant completely. And she was so excited about her chakas. She was like, we are going to do this. So interesting. I found you never know what's going to talk to them. You never know what. <laughs> wow. He's like, I'm going to, and she wrote it all, cut all down because, you know, the way, the way that at least, you know, um, I should have a shout out to Mrs. Blumie Rosenfeld who taught, who gave over her Chakas class in the most absolutely beautiful way that um, I, when she said that to me, I was like, yay. Yeah. And she's like, wow. oh, that's what, that's what she walked away with. She goes, I am going to read him my notes and we're going to do this together. You know, it was, it was, that's like what scares people away in our minds. That's like the hardest thing. Yeah. Well, very inspiring. One last thought I, I, for me, at least I wanted to say that, um, I think that the Kala teacher training was like amazing. And I think we need a Hassan teacher training. I don't know how that's going to work out. Actually, they started that. They're, They're working, working on it. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, we definitely are. Yeah. They are working on it. And of course, mikvah.org. I mean, if you want to talk about a vision, who has a vision? Mikvah.org is, is like their vision is just constant every day. It's something else. It's something new. Um, I wish we could figure out a way to get the word out about mikvah.org other than me sitting next to my Kala and saying, here's mikvah.org, use it, utilize it. Uh, I know, we're trying, we're trying. That's, that's what I wish. That's what I wish it was a way for. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you're, you're doing a fantastic job. Don't, I, I want to make it more. I want people no, more we need people to know. work on that. People Definitely. need to know that when they want information, now I'm quoting Chaya Klein here, the wonderful Chaya Klein. And whenever someone asks a question, she's like, go to mikvah.org. It's all there. All there. There's so <laughs> many resources. 
It has to be people's so, go-to, you know, like not you know, Google.org, you know? Um, when my cal when we finish with the colors, I always give them this nice little bag that I make for them for the mikve, and I always include, you know, the fold out that the mikve.org does, like the kitsur that has a checklist, is like classified, and it has in the back mikve.org because these women travel. I always say you must go mikve.org. They have all the information, but it's already printed, so it goes in the bag that they have. So that's also I think a new a good way to just share the wisdom that is, you know, yeah. within mikve.org. Mikve.org, yeah. Yes. Yes. Shout out to all of you. I think this concludes our little hakel. Thank you so much. I know you guys are all so busy and um, I'm sure people will benefit from this. Pleasure. Early good Shabbos and you should have so much Hatzlacha. Thank you. Thank you, Nechama. Thank you all so much. Thank you, everyone. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's recording. Please take a moment to leave a rating or a review to help others find the podcast. We welcome you to support our vital work at mikvah.org forward slash donate. For feedback, please email podcast at mikvah.org. Have a wonderful day.